trip with you guys too i think at this point joel and i have done maybe eight eight podcasts eight podcasts for We're getting <laughs> not any better <laughs> We're just as bad as on still bad podcast number one um we've done some for political theory we've done some for my latin america in the world this is our maiden vjs podcast um so i was gonna tell joel just a little bit about our class so this class is called Violence, Justice, and the State in Latin America. We Check. have We have covered the state. That's where we began the class. We talked... Good political science fashion, starting with the state. In good political science fashion. Um, from there, we talked quite a bit about violence. We read Yasher's most recent book on Central America. Deborah Yasher. Old Deborah Yasher. Yale University's Deborah Yasher. That's the one. And now we are concluding the course, this last unit that you will be joining us for, with justice. Justice. So we've moved on to justice. It's good we brought in a political theorist for, <laughs> for 
for this. What is justice? Get ready. Yeah. Yeah, it's good uh, that you brought. Yeah, good. <laughs> and many of the readings that we have left for the rest of class come from um, an edited volume by Perizzotti and Smolovitz um, about accountability. Um, and for this class, for Wednesday, we read a little piece of their intro to the book, and then we read a chapter on um, the societal responses to two murders in Argentina, um, which is by the scholar Jacqueline um, Berend. Uh, so those are the two things we're going to be talking about. I have a few quotes for you from the intro, and then we'll move into thinking about this these uh, Argentinian murders. And so this is hardcore political science. We're in... We're in we're, we're in, in pretty deep here. We're in pretty deep here. Who published this edited volume? Uh, what press is it on? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's late. Okay. <laughs> I, it's also a little bit, it's not All as right. recent as the Yasher book. So the Yasher book came out only a year or two ago. Okay. Um, this book is a little bit older than that. Uh, and also, I was going to write down the year and then I, I forgot. I could tell you in the meantime while you start reading something, but... Um, you I need could, me to start? Probably Am I up. starting? <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and start. Read something. From the introduction, page five. Accountability refers to the ability to ensure that public officials are answerable for their behavior, forced to justify and inform the citizenry about, forced to justify and inform the citizenry about their decisions and possibly eventually be sanctioned for them. The accountability of political power can be established on legal or political grounds. Legal or political. That's one of the things that I noticed there. Uh-huh. Yes, there are these two grounds, which is going to bring us into a bigger conversation. Right. The right. one thing I... Okay, I guess we'll start with this and then go into Latin America here in a moment. So legal accountability, if you're wondering what's the distinction between these two forms of accountability. Sure. Um, legal accountability is a, basically about political actors following proper procedure. Um, so that means following constitutional norms, following legal codes, following the right administrative procedures that have been outlined, and also sort of protecting and working in line with rights that are guaranteed in constitution, this kind of thing, right? So it's basically do the, the legal accountability is about whether or not these leaders are actually following the rules that have been established as foundational sort of and this also includes, state. right, like the, the capacity to call these leaders to account for law breaking, right? Correct. So impeachment, being able to be indicted while in office, being held accountable for crimes after office, et cetera, immunity from blah, blah, blah. This is all political. So, uh, sorry, excuse me. This is all legal accountability. Correct. And one of the things that I think you have kind of pulled out if though not explicitly, is that this requires a capable legal system, a legal system that right. has the tools to do these things, and also a legal system where the powerful elites are not above the law. Right. 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 Um, so this is that is sort of the realm of legal accountability. Right. When and almost it's almost as though you would need. I mean, you see this in a variety of places where, at those levels, at the level of at the highest levels of political elites, it's almost as if you need some kind of judicial or legal capacity beyond what, like, regs have to deal with, right? Right. I mean, right. We, we, can, we can talk a little bit about the weaknesses in the region that we've seen in our book so far about 
accountability for both the common people and right. as well as higher ups, right? right? So that in the region we tend to be seeing examples of weak legal accountability and leak weak legal capability of both the kind of ordinary levels. variety as right. well as holding political right. elites to account. I guess I'm just thinking that this requires an insane amount of capacity. Right? Lot, like, quite a lot of like, capacity. I mean, capacity that that many advanced democracies don't really have themselves. Yeah, that's, I mean, struggling with keeping elites accountable, certainly. For right? example, For just example. in the contemporary United States, this is a challenge. Yeah, right? absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. All right, so that's our legal accountability. Political accountability, really, for in this sort of, con the, the, the uh, construction that we've got having set up in this intro, is really referring to responsiveness of um, governmental policies to the preferences of the electorate. So what we're really talking about here is like democratic representation, um, where elections are the key mechanism of accountability. So throw the bums out. Throw the bums out. That this is the crucial component of this mm -hmm. sort of That's notion of political accountability is can you throw the bums out. Um, which happens at election times. Which requires typically, right, like differentiated party systems. So that might be a good thing, right? If we were thinking about, okay, so if we think that the weak state is a barrier to legal accountability in Latin America, we haven't actually talked in this class tremendously much about democracy, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But we also have a fair amount of barriers to this kind of accountability in the region right. as well, right? right? So one would be party systems where you can't, it's okay, so maybe you could throw that bum out, but you're replacing it with some equally untested bum, <laughs> right? That right. Where, you don't, where you don't have party systems that are functional, you may not actually know who you're electing in because people are forming parties right and left and changing parties once they get in office, right? So that you thought you elected someone from this party, but then they changed to this party or right. you, this party came up for this particular election, right? It may even have the election year in its name, right? right? These kind of personalistic vehicles. So that's one potential barrier that you mentioned. There are plenty more, right? So things like clientelism, Things like sure. going as far, of course, as electoral fraud, right? There right. are a variety of barriers where we might uh, lack of access to actually making it to the elections because of things like poverty, right? There's all kinds of also barriers in terms of electoral accountability in the region. Right. That require a separate, a separate, um, a separate aspect Right. Of state capacity. Correct. Right. And then broadly, one of the problems with electoral accountability generally, not just in the region, is, of course, that it doesn't happen very regularly. Right. And that it's pretty blunt. Right. Right. Now, does political accountability also include a kind of elite politics, elite conflict as, like, would that ever be... Would those ever be mechanisms of political accountability? So in this chapter, um, in this intro, the Parasodi and Smolovitz talked quite a bit about Guillermo Donnell's conception of horizontal versus vertical accountability, which okay. is how he talked. I didn't the, read much O'Donnell in grad school. So this is how he set up the – how he ended up talking about some of the problems in Latin American democracies. Horizontal accountability is basically your checks and balance, right? This part that you're, I think, getting at right now is that kind of elite right. checks on each other, right? Sure. So institutional checks, yeah. um, 
not yeah. legal checks per se, but these kind of like, you know, the legislature keeping the president accountable, that, right, that these these are sort of horizontal checks that are happening within the state, right, within right. That, right. that these are right kind of elite, and that the vertical accountability is this electoral one. From the one. people to the, Correct. to the elites. Correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so as we talked about Latin America. So they're America, mostly interested in which one horizontal? I'm sorry. They're mostly interested in vertical. Well, wait. We're going to. They we're are. They are. But we're going to get there in a second. So these are both. Both of these mechanisms are, are okay. tough to come by in Latin America. Right. In terms of receiving. And in fact, as I think I've actually mentioned in this class before, there is no word in Spanish uh, accountability. It's not right. translatable. Um, right. The word that's the closest is, like, is like, like where you would think it was a cognate is accounting, right? As like a, you know, like what your tax. Yeah, what does. do they call those people again? Like, what do you call an accountant in Spanish again? Uh, accounting is contabilidad. Contabilidad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so that so we we get a variety of challenges in trying to seek justice through these mechanisms. Um, now, I was going to just also say that it also requires a certain degree of of political skill insofar as officials are, an, are right like accountability is like giving an account right like mm -hmm. you hold yourself accountable or you're held accountable w what what happens there is that you're you are forced somehow to give an account of what happened yeah sure right? okay and a and, and that this requires a certain amount of just even political skill so like a certain kind of i guess i would say like it also requires a certain degree of perhaps professionalism. I mean, maybe not even professionalization, but like some people are really bad at being uh, being politicians. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that may be part of it. That's not something that um, Perizzotti and Smolovitz were particularly concerned with in the intro. Okay. Though I think the professionalism does come into play when they talk about that there is a tension between, I think they call it like representativeness and responsibility. Which is like, what exactly are you accountable to that this, even in the best of circumstances, is a little bit of a challenging thing? So, like, if you're voted right. into office on a particular platform, it, and then, like, some crisis happens and you have to, like, that might require adjustment. Is the, is the accountable, like, if you're accountable, do you keep going on the platform regardless of whether the results are horrible? Or do you sort of change... Right. And do the thing that seems responsible policy-wise, even if it goes against what people voted you in to do. Right. Right. So that there's like challenges in thinking about this, even for the most professional politician. And then if you think about in if some places, so especially as we get into local level politics everywhere here, yeah, <laughs> there, <of course>. everywhere, <laughs> right, where you're getting really much far less professional. Of course. And but where I guess part of what I'm where I'm thinking about this is is related to these questions of capacity where. I mean, part of what makes a professionalized political system is that, like, people can earn an honest living from their service. Uh-huh. Right? So, like, so that that is, like, it seems to me like a third element of capacity to be developed where, like, you could have, like, a professional politician who is earning a living from being a politician in, a, in an honest way. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we we certainly I, it's have just hard. It's something That's that all I'm we saying. it's something that we've thought about in this class I think far more when it comes to the judicial officials and police, right? But I mean, you could say that about any 
right? right. Any political official, the right. same could hold yes. true, yes, right? In terms of, of thinking course. about this, like I said, we with the Yasher book was the focus was almost was laser like on the courts and and the security forces, but good. Um, but we could think about that more broadly. Mm, should we keep plowing through the introduction ahead, before I get ahead. distracted on like this citizenry is our, here? Yeah, on, this on is on our, the other card or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, this is from page 10 and 11. Social accountability. Oh, my God. A third element of accountability here? Third kind of accountability. A non-electoral yet vertical mechanism of control of political authorities that rests on the actions of an array of citizens, associations, and movements, and the media. Those operating in the social environment can rely on the intensity of their claim and or their impact on public opinion. Social mechanisms also differ from horizontal and vertical electoral mechanisms insofar as the sanctions they entail are in most cases not formal but symbolic. I love that it ended with symbolic. I know. As I was going along, I was thinking, oh, okay, this is really just about like symbolic accountability, like the social stuff. And then all of a sudden at the end of that quote, it's the word (laughs) symbolic. It's perfect. Yep. So given that Latin America – is known for weaknesses in these other two forms of accountability, Uh, this edited volume is pushing us to think about whether there are actually other kinds or other mechanisms for achieving accountability. And so here they're pushing us to think a little bit more about what they're terming social accountability, which is through movements and the media, essentially organized non-state actors is i believe who they have in mind that we can think a yeah, little bit the more church, about this for example would be potentially could be a, could, could be a mechanism i would imagine i, I don't Latin america right? i don't know like, if it's one that they talk about at all but they should book, but because they... <laughs> if they're talking about symbols like that's the main organizer of symbolic power yeah, churches yeah i mean there's other symbols but like i mean literally that's what they deal with that's their kind of that's bread and butter they, they're bread and wine. Bread. Symbols. Bread yes. Wine. Symbols. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're on Symbolic. Ac- I love Symbolic this chapter. Symbolic accountability. Yeah. You're going to like this. Symbolic I, reassurance. I because this is, I guess, I guess right to back up what I was saying a second ago is like the capacity, like a highly professional politician can easily give symbolic reassurance, making social accountability the weakest form of all if you're dealing in a professionalized system. Potentially, potentially, but we can imagine that this battle in the symbolic can be fought sometimes very effectively by social and actors. I, guess, I mean, that's what makes that symbols are ambiguous, and so they are. I don't care how pro you are. Yeah. Right. You, they are you ambiguous. You can get taken down, right? By. Yeah. yeah. Truly, truly. Okay. All right. Wait. Are we moving on to chapter eight now? I'm in chapter eight. Do okay. you need to give some context? So let me here? give you a little bit of context here because it's hard to jump in with these scholarly pieces and have you have the context. So this chapter looks at um, the mobilizations that happened in response to two murders. Um, the main bulk of the chapter focuses on this high-profile murder where a press photographer whose name is Jose Luis Cabezas. So you might see Cabezas coming in. It's this. I did. I saw Cabeza. Yes. I read ahead a little bit. Yeah, it's not talking about heads. It's talking about this guy. Um, he was from a popular national news magazine. He was a photographer, and he was killed. Argentina, we're talking about. Argentina. Um, and his remains were left in his burned to, you know, charred remains car. Okay. After he had photographed a businessman who was this, like, super wealthy dude who very carefully avoided media attention. 
Okay, um, so this guy is shining a spotlight on a wealthy guy. Cabezas yeah. points a spotlight. On I forgot, I have the name comes up somewhere else, whatever the dude's name And then this was. dude burns him in his yeah, car. Yeah, Bron or something like that. Well, he was burned in his car. He is burned in his car. After his documenting. His car caught on fire. <laughs> his car caught on fire. Um... Yeah, so so that's the main bulk of this chapter is this story of his sort of the seeking justice after his murder. Is this going to make me mad at rich people? Um, maybe, but I didn't give you that many quotes that okay. would get you in that direction. Um, so then she, she um, this, there's a very kind of weird footnote at the end of this chapter, which maybe we'll talk about briefly if we're not like way over time. Um, which is the case of a poor army conscript, this guy named Omar Carrasco. Who, also in Argentina. Also in Argentina, who was murdered, unclear why, maybe for sport? It, murdered for sport? I don't know. It did, there was no real explanation of why. But in any case, he was murdered on his in the military barracks by Damn. military men. Damn. Um, and the okay. army, like, covered up his... Murder, they like fucking hit his body for like a month. I mean, I don't even know. It was like real. It sounds bad. And then they just like dumped it off the base. They said he had the like, um, what is it? Food like poisoning? No, no. They said he had like. Um, gone AWOL. Gone AWOL, right. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the parents were kind of like, but did he? Um, but they were, of course, very poor. And so anyway, so there's like little kind of footnotey part at the end that's okay. very short. That's Do about, I have that one? That's about his murder that I can talk about at the end. Most of the chapter though is about cabezas and so that's all what right. we're going to focus on all right most. all right so this is from page 216 in the cabezas case uh intric- an intricate maze of buenos aires province police officers top governmental top government politicians and powerful business interests appeared to be behind the murder the two associations of press workers mobilized because they believed that making noise and achieving mass media attention was the only way they could ensure that the investigation would not be filed and that political authorities would find it more difficult to tamper with the investigation if there's a bunch of media attention on it. Right? I think filed, we would say shelved, right? Shelved, that, that right. Essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. Like put, the, in the, put in the desk drawer. Yeah, correct. Okay, so they are attempting to use the media's power of social accountability in as well as street mobilizations as well as street mobilizations so the the unions of press workers to associate they're not unions exactly one is a union one is like a kind of compulsory union there's uh-huh. actually i mean the chapter is actually quite interesting on these two organizations yeah, and sort of their differences really important. um one is like a compulsory organization that you know, like you basically have to. That's like more for broadly for journalists that you have to be a part of to like get your health insurance and right. right. So this is one that is not a voluntary organization. It's more running along the lines of these kind of corporatist unions where everybody's in the union. Okay. Um, that union takes a more anti-system stance, criticizing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a more kind of extra system, extra system, extra legal. Okay. Right? Um, not illegal, but like more kind of street-based uh, kind of thing. The other union is a um, union just of the press photographers. Interesting. And it's a voluntary dues-paying union that's quite expensive, it seems like. Okay. Um, and so they have a little bit more of a stake in 
pleasing their members and actually providing something because they're I see. they're not it's not a compulsory organization. Uh, it's more right. like and a, I would assume is probably not quite as accustomed to this degree of political mobilization as would be a compulsory union. That's a good question. I don't know about their histories. Okay. The the chapter doesn't talk that much about it. Um, but I would I would just would expect that like these more durable organizations of these compulsory unions would be more commonly right. Like they last forever. That's and true. They're more commonly roused for perhaps political purposes. That's probably true. I would assume that's true. I mean, they must regularly mobilize for salary kind of fights and those kind of things. Well, um, I'm sure just always being electioneered. But in a, right? in some sense, you would expect that that group also with the long history has more ties to the state in some uh, ways. Interesting, right. But it ends up being, and we'll talk about this in a little, the, um, the actual sort of smaller photographer's union that ends up having much more of a split role between some sort of protest kind of street-based critique but also a very a, a, a strategy that involved being party to the actual legal case um and so who was the main target of this mobilization right i mean are they i mean it, it, it they are mobilizing just to keep media attention is that right or are they are are they making demands of so police, some of this, the state, some of this, I think, will become a little bit clearer. Okay. But they are making, they are seeking justice in the case of Cabezas. Okay. And in the case of the press photographers, what is not in any of the cards I have given you is that they see the murder and why they end up being allowed to be party to the lawsuit is because they see it as a chilling of, of course, of the freedom of well, press yes. of photographers, right? That you can't. You can't actually do your job if you're a afraid charring, that you're going to be. Not a chilling, a charring. Yeah, charring. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Not a good one. Not a good one. <laughs> I told you, we're not getting any better. <laughs> we're still, getting no still, better. Bad. Still bad. And we're starting later and later so that we're already way more tired and zooey by the time we're beginning. All right. So here's further on 216 and on to 217. As a result of the scandals that surfaced with the Cabezas case, a justice minister was forced to resign. The Buenos Aires Provincial Police was purged. Obscure relations between businessman Alfredo Yabran and the government were revealed. And the political career of then Buenos Aires governor and presidential candidate Eduardo Duarte, one of the Peronist Party's strongest men, was severely damaged. I will analyze the responses. I, this is the author talking. Yeah. Right. yeah. I will analyze the responses. Not me. <laughs> you, Joel, will analyze them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the response is that the mobilization strategy elicited from the judiciary, the government, and the public sphere, because it is within the public sphere that social sanctions operate. Okay. So, in other words, who's the author? She, he, they? She. She is interested in the mobilization strategy and what that mobilization strategy exacted from three separate actors or three separate political formations the judiciary the government which is the most ambiguous of these three but also the public sphere mm -hmm. also kind of ambiguous this is kind of a weird i mean not to be too nitpicky but like the judiciary is a fairly like that's a pretty small thing the government like that seems pretty i mean i guess if you go back to the successes Right, your okay. list of successes that you just read off there, right? Is I mean, in a certain regard, given what you know about protest from my work, this is like a wildly successful 
It's a wildly successful protest. Sort of social movement or whatever we want to call this, right? Is right. They, they get a purging of the police. That's they get a justice minister to resign. They get um, basically Dualde ends up having to engage very actively in pursuit of justice in this case because he sees that his political fortunes have now been like reversed. he's being tarred by this right. sort of case that all this information so is Jebron coming out. Is like he's like totally buying. He's pay. He's he's really up in the mix. He was definitely up in the mix, and this murder. He has these guys. He's orchestrated this murder with like the police force of Buenos Aires. Right. That's wild. Right. He kills himself, by the way. So Jebron. Yeah. So he doesn't. He, really? Yeah. So that's another thing that they. I mean, another. He thing. first like goes on TV and like says like tries to like make himself more accountable. I guess right. He like tries to do some transparency moves, and then at some point he kills himself. That's bizarre. Yeah. That's bizarre. I so mean, so they like do this thing. Like Dualde ends up getting this like FBI like phone tapping kind of like software. There's like some like way that not tapping. I guess the but FBI? like FBI. The U.S. FBI. Yeah, he like I think he's the FBI. No. But he's from the U.S. Like Dualde. Like, no, he's not. He Jebran. gets this tech. No, no, he gets technology. Dualde gets U.S. technology to like do this like phone. How? It's called like Excalibur or something. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, there's this long multiple pages because about this Excalibur. He, in the course of his investigation of this thing that he's himself perhaps he brings, wrapped up in. Well, Dualde is not personally wrapped up in okay. this. I don't think. Right, okay. but what has happened is that these are certainly his cronies that now right. he has to turn on, and so he picks. I mean, it sounds like he actually knew some clean cops, right? So he picks okay. like he handpicks some of the police that are going to head the investigation, so that he knows that they're going to do it clean, and he gets this like technology from the U.S. to like do these like phone surveillance things, and this is some this is some crazy shit, and it's like. The mobilizations, I mean, the the thing that I would say about this one is that multiple factors here are working in favor of success, right? Okay, what are they? So you have the two groups that are, like, spearheading these mobilizations are press associations. All right, so this story never dies. So, yeah, like, I mean, if you're going to— kill this story. If you're going to think— if, if, you, if you have any structures in place that keep a free press— Right. I mean, like, these right. guys, like, getting media coverage when you're the media Pretty is easy. much easier than when you're not, right? So they have right. this strong advantage that, and this was, like, a pretty horrific killing of this national. He you know, was, it was a well-known. It wasn't, like. This was, like, a well-known I think. I mean, certainly the news magazine is, right? So right. the fact right. this that is, this, people This is, like, might, Jamal Khashoggi, the right. Saudi yeah, journalist yeah. that is like nonstop story in the Washington Post. Right. So I mean, presumably this would be something like where you know somebody from this paper being it'd be like you know New York Times reporter gets killed or well maybe not as the magazines and not maybe the paper of record right I don't know something like Time magazine I don't know something that would be reasonably big enough to generate like you know. Is there anything anymore though? I don't know. Maybe I don't not. Know, right. Anyway, so in, in any case, this is like there. The easy access to the press is there, right? Okay. I mean, many people in other. What years are we talking here? Ninety. This is the nineties. Nineties. Like another world. Another country. 
It is kind of, right? It's eons ago. It is eons ago. Still interesting. Don't get me wrong. And it still matters. I mean, I still think that getting national press coverage is actually still really quite important for movements that want to make these kinds of... Of course. Have this kind of success. So that's one of the things. You mentioned there were other critical factors. Yeah. um, So they were... Well, the two groups were both organized. Okay. Right. Instead of just... People what? coming together in the street because they heard about this and were real mad. Right. Right. So there's hierarchical leadership, there's skills, there's connections to other groups, right? right. So there's the capacity right. to make alliances across groups right. and like have a legal strategy and like, a, right. right? Right. Using existing organizations. Yep. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, the other important thing that was going on in this moment of grand success in this case was that it was an election year. Oh, always critical. Always critical, which always you critical. are about to uh, read something about. Exploit which, uh, those Also splits, gets us, right? exactly, gets us into a little bit of the symbolic realm here. The You're going to like it. symbolic realm, okay. All right, so the page is 220 to 221. Opposition politicians saw that they could reap political benefits from their support of investigations related to the Cabezas case. This was a low-cost initiative that involved more declamation than action, since it was up to judicial and government institutions to ensure that the murder was solved, giving opposition politicians easy political targets at which to aim their darts. Right, so in other words, this is an election year, and it's very easy, very easy to just keep flogging this story, which is constantly in the news. And so they're able to just keep the pressure on. Right, so the initial coverage is guaranteed, because it's a news guy. Right. And then once you get the initial coverage and the initial outrage, you get the election year, which means that the right. opposition politicians are certainly going to want to be lobbing every opportunity right. so they can. Compa- so in other words, like what part of what is implicit here is the way that competitive elections, while, while perhaps electoral or political accountability itself is, as you said a, a while ago, like really blunt – the the i guess we would call them peripheral effects of electoral competition and genuinely competitive elections are do do bring a little bit of precision to that to that electoral account to the political accountability i guess what i mean is like Elections matter not just because you can throw the bums out, but in part because you're giving ammunition to opposite. You're giving like you're enabling a certain kind of elite conflict that could extract concessions that are a little bit more targeted. That's rather true. Than just that's like, true. Oh, you can throw the bums out. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it also she does point out that it is a moment in which some of these symbolic wins can be turned into actual concrete wins if somebody loses their election or whatnot over these right okay um okay but yeah i think that's also potentially true that you know i mean and you get it with dualde right where he's like because he's gonna run and doesn't want to look like he's part of this right then he's gonna make this be this very clean trial and with all the best tech and yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like as a political theorist, right, one of the things that political theorists are like are relatively infamous for mm-hmm. is consistent 
what's the word I'm looking for? Consistent, like, consistent dismissal of the value of a kind of proceduralistic notion of democracy. Uh But, like, one of the things I say most often in an intro political theory class is democracy is about more than elections. Right. And, like... It's really this substantive thing and blah, 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 about like how it's like this, like, I mean, you know, I mean, it's each fucking Plato where it's yeah, like yeah. the harmonious construction of the soul or whatever. Yeah. Right. And it's like here you see that actually in this extremely um, concrete instance, elections matter for creating like accountability. Yeah. Right. So that that it's easy it's easy to just be like oh elections democracy is more than elections but like right I mean well and, and I mean I push is, back against that also, too but but I mean in this in some sense I would say if it's only elections you don't have these robust civil society groups because you can just repress the shit out of them and but we shouldn't you know. discount elections right yeah, right like yeah, yeah, yeah. like we yeah, shouldn't discount yeah. the effects that elections have that are more than just about the selection of leaders right correct right yeah. but that they are arenas of elite conflict right and they are potential arenas in in which public actors can, can influence engage the narrative in and can and push can, into the yeah. right right it's like yeah i mean you set up yeah all right should i keep going here yeah keep going all right. Oh, good. I'm running low on cards. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It means I can go to bed soon. <laughs> yeah. uh, what time is it? Right? I like, don't we're know. recording this know. at 11 p.m. God damn. All right. Yeah, it's, uh, late. it's late, guys. It's been a rough week. I told some of you that I went It's Tuesday. In. It's been a rough week? Well, I guess. No, I guess it has been a rough <laughs> All time is just blurring. I don't know if you what guys are having time? the experience. Uh, I told some of them he heard about my crazy arm because I met with them. That you know that I some of you know that I went and got an MRI and then they injected a whole bunch of uh, radioactive dye instead of into my vein into all my arm tissue. Um, the swelling has gone down, but it still hurts. So that kind of sucked. Got me a little off track at the end of last little, week. A little off track. A little, little off track. Uh, page two twenty one. Political scandals are social struggles. Hey, I was just saying this. That are fought <laughs> in the symbolic realm. The same realm, I was just saying all of this, the same <laughs> realm where civil society tends to act and where citizens' initiatives aimed at, el- <laughs> aimed at eliciting accountability have their greatest strength. In an era of mass media where politics and politicians' discourses are mediated, scandals acquire great significance. All right. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say at this point. Well, okay. So... I mean, since we did sort of talk about this a little bit on the front end, I'll push it in this one direction. Okay. Um, which is that we already, if we're thinking about this more broadly, if we zoom back out again a little bit to think about social accountability as a way to achieve justice. Yeah, which I had come into this conversation saying, it seems like it's the weakest form, right? And then I'm just watching this, you know, astonishing right. success. Right. Okay. That said, right, I think that we sort of have the perfect storm for success, and it's unclear exactly the sort of replication of this right, right. across more, like, more broadly, let's just say. Understood. Because here you have, I mean, generating newsworthy events is really hard. 
challenging. Challenging. It's really hard. Even you, in the nineties. Even in the, even in the nineties. I mean, forget yeah. about it now, right? Like, yeah. holy fuck! You like, have to have a lot. Impossible to get people to get like national attention on something. Yeah. So hard, right? So this is hard. Then on top of that, the other thing, if we're pushing, and one of the things that gets pushed, and I don't know if I gave you quite that a quote that really directly does this, is that Barrand argues that you have to have this kind of legal strategy because without it, you don't get justice. Maybe that's coming. I, I okay. No, I don't think so. It's Le- what passive. legal strategy? So like social accountability doesn't work by itself, right? You can't just go out on the streets and yell. You actually have to pair it with some right. kind of institutional strategy or you right. don't actually get anyone. Right. For example, the church doesn't really matter. Right, right. right. Like the I church mean, cannot actually by itself extract anything. Right. It, so could, the, it could add moral and symbolic weight absolutely. to existing things. And it could like, be a watchdog to make sure something is happening, right? It could keep – but it it is not – you are not actually going to get justice in the way we're thinking about it by – without having some kind of institutional strategy. Right. And that requires this legal strategy, which we saw that this group of press photographers that engage is in the directly in the legal battle. They become a party to the right. case, right? Right. Um, the, the, that is important. But the other thing about this is that even if you're not a party and you're still trying to do this mobilization strategy, I guess however it is, whether they were able to continue kind of using that strategy across the course of the case while they were participating in it, but – Scandals are like fast and hot, and mm-hmm. legal justice is really slow and boring. Slow and boring, right? Yeah, yeah. Legal justice is not. Te- I mean, occasionally no. maybe like this case, it's far more newsworthy, right? I mean, it's like this big scandal with rich people and with like famous, but, but still, but. right? You get the slog of the justice system, and this is no longer um, newsworthy. I mean, it's still and news- remarkable to me how quickly it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in any case, I think that if we're trying to think more broadly about, like, does the, do these societal mechanisms of justice work? I mean, they did work very remarkably well here, but there's a lot of – this seemed like like the really the confluence of some really amazing – Now, I'm, I'm starting to wonder. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this question out there and assume that it will be answered later, but, like – I think we're almost at the end. I don't know. It strikes me that – Here's what I am thinking about, and this is a really weird tangent, but I'm thinking about the Attica prison, um, okay, mm-hmm. the Attica prison riot Riots. and the uh, state murder, like the mm-hmm. the extrajudicial mm-hmm. killing of lots of Attica prisoners. Yep, and how long mm-hmm. any kind of accountability took in that particular instance in the United right. States. Great book called Blood in the Water. Highly recommend it to anyone interested in this course. It's the United States, and so if you're like really focused on the Latin America side of this, less interesting. But, oh, still interesting. But many themes, many themes that are coming up in this conversation are making me think of this book, Blood in the Water. I can't remember who wrote it. Thompson, I think. I don't remember. Um, but fascinating. Also, I had a um, – so I don't know if I talked to you guys at all in this class about how – some point Joel and I were going into the jail in Syracuse a lot and actually one of the high level I don't remember if it was the warden one of the high level officers in the jail actually told me about that book and that I should read it it's fabulous it's a fabulous um, book yeah but I was thinking about like I mean so to what extent 
a high United States as a higher capacity state is able to extend and prolong the legal accountability. Right. And I mean, there's a lot of I mean, there's a whole host of differences in this particular s- example, right? Like, it's not at all comparable to a rich dude knocking off a journalist in a gruesome way. But also, I'm wondering how much of the resp- how much of the accountability in this I- the social accountability is enabled by is enabled by less capacity less state capacity in legal and political and legal and political realms well i i'm not sure because a lot of the i mean it can go either way right i mean some of of these things these cases in latin america get dragged out i mean people are in the the pre-trial detention right rates would be far far higher in most latin american countries if not than Uh, the u.s so so on the one hand i would say i think their ability there to drag something out is Hi. Of course, of course, yeah. Okay, um, all right. And I think skilled at manipulating the weaknesses, right? Right. You know, right. Um, right. Which, which I, you see a little more in the next case that she doesn't really develop very well. But I suppose, in a certain sense, I mean, I guess maybe what are you saying that, like. I thought you were saying that the stronger capacity state would have the ability to stonewall better than a weaker one. That's what I was saying. And what I heard you saying back was something along the lines of, you know, powerful interests habituate themselves to the structures they have. Correct. And, like, they will, like, they will exploit the, the strengths. They will exploit uh, the, 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 the friendly aspects of a strong or a weak state. Yes. Depending on what they're habituated to. Because fundamentally, powerful shit doesn't want to be held accountable. Right. Right? Yeah. Powerful bodies, powerful things do not want to be held. I mean, that's wild. And the other thing that's kind of fascinating is that when Baron has this line in here where she's like, one of the fascinating things about pushing for this kind of justice is that if you really want it to be justice, you can't push for the outcome you want, but for a fair process. Right, because if you're pushing for an outcome, then you're actually, like, it's like a sentence, right? But, I mean, it's like where she's basically, like, I mean, it's this other kind of bizarre thing where if you're pushing for, to get justice in these cases, you kind of have to be willing to take the loss if the stuff is fair and you don't get the outcome that you want. Right. Um. Right. Which is another kind of interesting sort of moment where sort of in a certain regard, this kind of social accountability, the social actors have to be more democratic than the state ones potentially. I don't understand. I don't know, to get justice, right? If you're looking at a state where you assume that there's manipulation, then you can't be willing to manipulate in order to get the win kind of right Right. you have to be sort of right you you your goal must be fairness yeah right rather than a conviction yeah for example yeah i mean she doesn't quite say it but it's in there it's like there's this is like one jesus christ that is a lesson for for movements everywhere yeah i mean for fuck's sake yeah jeez yeah all right and, right. like, compounded by the fact that, you know, half the time stuff is, like, tilted and, you know, right? And so it's, like, 
how you balance that to not be. I don't know. It's craziness. Power is crazy. It's crazy. Right? Power is crazy stuff. Power is serious business. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a bumper sticker. I think it is a bumper sticker. <laughs> I think it's a bumper sticker on your it's fucking like fiddle a, case. <laughs> oh, yeah, it might be. I think it's a bumper sticker on your fiddle is, case. Uh, Maybe it does. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, <laughs> Keep page, feet off. I have that one. Page 228. Social sanctions and political response are not sufficient for an effective pursuit of justice. Thus, if citizens seek accountability from institutions, they must operate not only in the symbolic realm, but also on legal terrain. So we also just talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Good, because I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm ext- this, is, this is definitely past my bedtime. Yeah, no, it got pretty late. I mean, we got started it. this at the time that I would ordinarily yeah, go to so bed. So, like, when I was going to prep this, this material earlier, and then I had to help my daughter with math all morning because she's because we homeschool now because we in homeschool now full-time, full-time jobs job. cool, and she cool, cool, turns cool, out cool. that she had been sort of like doing all of the other work and no math and so the math had gotten really behind and she was sort of selectively doing the math and just leaving out parts of pages that i guess she found tedious depressing depressing <laughs> i'm not sure so i spent all morning doing math and then i thought well that's okay because we also have zoom well now it's facetime violin lessons she has facetime violin so I was like, that's okay, because Joel do the FaceTime violin, and then I can prep well, But I came up at 3.30, like, <laughs> wide like, as a fucking oh, I sheet. have such a terrible headache. Yeah. So then I didn't get to prep it then, because yeah. I ended up doing the FaceTime violin Well, I talked to a contractor who's going to try and repair our yard. <laughs> our yard is a Jesus wreck, anyway. Um, Everyone wore do, masks, though. I do. Yeah, we did wear masks. It was cool. Um, he did hand me a business card, which is fine. Uh, I guess I washed my hands. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I do have this question about why I don't know how long we've been going and we may, end up, we, you should look, we maybe don't have time for this, see, but, but I do have this question about like, why we have a couple We're of minutes okay. for this, but like, I don't understand why powerful people, like, why people on top can't just take the fucking loss? Well, because they don't have to, I think. Because they don't have to. Right? I mean, why would you if you didn't have to? And, I mean, in some of these cases, right, the <sighs> loss is big. Like, you just killed some guy. So, the taking the loss yeah, is okay. like pretty Yeah, okay. I mean, severe. of course, in this particular instance, but they, but they end up taking the loss. I mean, the guy well, fucking kills himself. himself. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, that's taking <laughs> the a loss, major, man. Taking the major loss. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I mean, th- in this terms of accountability, like, I don't understand. I guess I, I mean, whatever. I mean, in a certain regard, I'm going to go back to the beginning of class here for a Good. moment. One of the pieces that the students read for me in this class at the beginning, when we talk about the state, is one of my favorite, you know, my favorite dude, old Migdal. <laughs> Uh, Joel Migdal. Joel Migdal. It's because his name's Joel. (laughs) Uh, That's it, exactly. Um, Which talks a lot about how the, you know, you have this image of the state, which is maybe more, the image is more like this kind of the state as an actor that you could speak about, like Mexico does this or whatever. But like the, the actual state is this like mess 
of sloppy overlap between elite societal elites and the yeah. state and like that it's actually extraordinarily hard the boundaries are far more porous between all of these things okay and i think that if we actually think about Migdal's state as being probably more accurate than the Vibarian state yeah then i think that you also just see that like those actors yeah it's like why they don't take the loss because there's just the assumption that they are part of this sort of right the, the claim that's being made the, the demand that they take the loss is being made to a fairly inchoate blob and so like how like i'll just kind of like link back into the shadows of this or not or just i'll be very publicly connected to these institutions that then will protect me yeah yeah i mean i'm part of i'm kind of part of these even though i'm not formally part of these institutions i'm so informally tied to them that i mean i guess i I mean it's how you have this guy this schmo that kills himself have i mean he wasn't a schmo clearly he's not a schmo at all extraordinarily rich but this dude have like Basically, the Buenos Aires police force being his personal hitman, right? I mean, he's using the state as though... So, I mean, I think the idea of, like, taking a loss in this context doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, part of then, I guess, the the answer is just this... Joel's really actually just thinking about our faculty meetings. (laughs) I am thinking about the faculty meetings. But, you know, I'm also thinking about... I'm thinking about a lot of things that some of which I will just keep to myself but uh, it just strikes me as it just strikes me as another example of the need to continually keep pressure on powerful institutions and actors that like you cannot release the pressure ever Right, that that you that you can just never release the pressure. I mean, I think that toward accountability. I think that's what this book sort of suggests, right? That like that it's kind of up to us, and I think that it sadly shows that it's certainly no guarantee. No, right? No, no, no. That yeah. like, I mean, that's this not case like, that's was not like the answer, but like, the, like you is, can't not. She. I'll just mention briefly before we close out here that she, at the end, I don't know if you guys that read it also found this to be strange, but after like going on on and on and on about the one case, she like brings up this Carrasco case at the very end. Is this kind of strange afterthought where basically it's like some human rights groups take up the cause and there's some protests. He's this poor, yeah, the poor conscript. And so some the human rights groups kind of take it up because his family's like too poor to really even pursue. Conscript, a... he was drafted. Yes. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to think of the word conscript there. Yeah. So he's this like drafted soldier, forced into military service, service, forced into military service, a slave almost. Well, in any case, he. I mean, he, he's killed, so he's dead, and then. He the mobilization that happens afterwards, where there gets to be some protest about it, some human rights take it up, um, and they end up, according to Berend, like okay, some people get charged, like the directly responsible, but the whole sort of network that, like why this happened institutionally and sort of who covered it up, like that all is like, 
I mean, the trial is totally corrupt and course, like right. nothing really comes out. You know, I mean, some right. probably low level military organizations are loath. Yeah, talk about taking the L. Yeah, so somebody takes. Like you just literally cannot. Someone take takes the, L. the fall, right? You know, right? They push up some. Patsy. Probably low level. I mean, maybe the guy that actually does it, but like nobody that is a part of these right. larger structures pays for any of this, right? That this guy dies, but then they're like, basically, this ends. This like case leads to the end of compulsory military service what so it's like seen as a big political win and i don't know maybe connie what? maybe connie can can tell us in her response if she knows anything about this oh, connie's was like, in this class yeah connie's in this class hey connie <laughs> um so yeah and and she's basically like it was the pressure of the parents like potentially refusing to send their sons back to the barracks that was like the pressure that mattered it was so weird. I was Man. like, I don't, this case is far more interesting to me than the Cabezas one, where I'm like, that you can extract concessions in this like extraordinarily propitious like environment yeah. is like yeah. less interesting to me than like, if this is true, that this really, this one kid's murder of like this nobody kid, right? Mm hmm. There must I mean, have been some other. There must. It must have what been else conjoined going on or, to some other. But she doesn't like develop. This is like not developed. Like I mean, it's so weird. Oh wow! Um, methodologically, this was not a good strategy. So as now you're all pursuing a kind of two case comparison. You would want your cases to be far more evenly more congruent, evenly yeah. <laughs> yeah, congruent, so you could see what was present and absent in one versus the other, um, which you couldn't in this one, but. That was where the chapter kind of weirdly ends with this sort of weird short story about this kid and somehow it's leading amazing, to the end man, of compulsory writing, man. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's probably what she wanted to write about. And then, like, someone was like, oh, you, you have to talk about, about Carrasco. And she's like, oh, fuck you. And she just adds right. three pages about him or whatever right, at the end. Right. Yeah, All right. No, it's clear. It's clear that she. And he's, I think that one happens like earlier. So it's like also going back in time cr chronologically. It's like doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, somebody clearly made her add that. So she just like tacked it on. Wow. But anyway. All right. I am. Audi. I'm, it's I'm late. Finished. I'm All finished. right. Well, I hope this wasn't uh, too. Uh, <laughs> too too unfair. Too shitty. <laughs> too shitty. <laughs> it's a little late. Yeah. Well, but you know, I mean, uh, you know, we're trying. We're doing we're our trying. best here. Doing Everyone's our best. doing our best. Everyone's doing their best. Uh, I look forward to reading your paragraphs on the blackboard. And how many of these do I have to do with you? I don't know. Six, I think. I don't know. Six just for this class? Yeah, well, maybe I'll combine some. I was going to combine this one so there was only one this week, but I didn't have time to prepare the other oh readings for Friday. All, All right. right, guys. See you soon. See you soon.